to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Good morning and welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for established church leaders by established church leaders. My name is Josh King and this is Sam Rayner. Sam, how's it going? Hola, mi amigo. Hola, como, como esta? Como esta? I forgot. I forgot my Espanol. You are married to a Cuban. You should know. She this. doesn't know any Spanish. I know, I know. a lot more I, Spanish than her. I know. And that that's something that I find funny about your relationship with your wife is she I is- know. Cuban and you know Sp- more Spanish. I know she doesn't, but you know I love her anyways. I didn't marry her for her her uh, language arts. <laughs> <laughs> that was not what attracted me to her. Um, so the um, well, I was going to ask you something. I forget, but well, we uh, just started the show. We just it's early, started. Man. You know it's what? I, w- I went through Starbucks this morning. I went through Starbucks when I was ordering our pastoral office some Starbucks. Just a little treat, you know. And Oh, I, I hope my team does not listen to this. Yeah, they should listen. They should. EST should listen. And so, I was getting uh, a couple and I forgot one. And so, I'm sitting in the line and my buddy's on the phone. And I said, can I have a caramel? Can I add a caramel macchiato to that? You know, he didn't hear me do the first order. And he said, uh, the guy's like, yeah, sure. And so, um, after I raised the window, my buddy on the phone, he's like, did you just order a caramel macchiato? Like, that's a woman's drink. And I said, no, I already ordered my pumpkin spice latte. It's on the way. I'm a full grown man. <laughs> you seem like an orange mocha frappuccino kind of guy to me. No, I'm not an orange anything. Do you, do you know the reference? Uh-uh. Oh, never mind. You'll have to Google that. Okay. It's from well, speaking, a movie. Speaking of Some of our listeners will know what I'm talking about. I'm sure they will. Speaking of references. Orange mocha frappuccino. (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. I know. That's why I'm doing it. Let me Google it and you tell us about our sponsor. Yes, we have a great sponsor, Church Initiative. They're the creators of Grief, Share, and Divorce Care. want to just take a moment and tell you about all that they are doing through these great programs. Uh, They've made it simple. They've made it easy. Your church can do grief ministry. Your church can do divorce recovery ministry. All that you need is just one volunteer. You connect that lay leader to the church initiative team. They take it from there and they offer coaching for you. Uh, and your church, and this is what makes them different. It's this step-by-step support uh, that they offer, and it is free. So, you get the program, and a lot of times, you know, you you buy a kid or whatever it was, you buy a program, and then you're kind of left on your own. But Church Initiative does not do that to you. They offer free coaching. It really is unparalleled ministry support. Um, so, go take a look at them. Uh, again, this is Divorce Care and Grief Share. Get their quick start guide. You can go to divorcecare.org slash start slash EST or griefshare.org slash start slash EST. Don't forget the slashes because, you know, be nice to get a little credit. Uh, let, let them know you're listening to the show. Try Again, it. divorcecare.org slash start slash EST, griefshare.org slash start slash EST. Very good. Very good resource. Did you look up your job. orange mocha frappuccino? What movie I is did. it from? Zoolander. There you go. This, it's a Zoolander just, reference. That's yeah. the kind of dumb movie I don't watch. So, I'll have to watch that later. Uh, so <laughs> what is this? A, a school for ants? <laughs> Sorry. You haven't seen the movie. <laughs> we have a guest on the show today. His name is John Mark Harrison. John Mark is the pastor of First Baptist Concord in Knoxville, Tennessee. That's on the right-hand side of the state for those of you who are not familiar with your Tennessee. East Tennessee. 
your Tennessee uh, geography, and they are very passionate about their east, middle, and west Tennessee, right? They're very passionate about that. You don't want to confuse It's important to know, that's for sure. Yeah. So, John, Mark, you are on the best side of Tennessee, and you are... Pastor, how long have you been there at Concord? So, I've been at Concord for, man, almost two years now. That's crazy. It's been that... uh, It seems like yesterday we moved over into town, and and it's been... uh, a great opportunity just to get to know East Tennessee. Like you're saying, it's a, it's a great place to live. Uh, very side. unique. Yeah. yeah I'm just saying it's stuff. the best side because that's going to drive our Nashville listeners crazy. If I say that, <laughs> it's, it's the best side of Tennessee. That's right. Um, two years. That's awesome. I've, um, I literally, I think this last Sunday or, you know, how they line up was my two years here at, at, at Conway. So very cool. Still feels and, new. And, yeah, and awesome. I just celebrated five years at wow. West Bradenton. So we are not going to do an episode on longevity today. No, that's not. That's no, not every, and everyone's pretty much tired of me at this point. So um, <laughs> five years in, like, all right, Sam, we're tired of you. Yeah. Um, so John Mark is um, a buddy of mine. He is a um, great pastor. He's a father. He's also you. You lift weights, right? You get you get all buff and stuff. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm trying to get back into that. So yeah. I do I do lift the weights. Uh, try to go every morning. Get I've really met a good friend in the gym, and it's been a great friend to a pastor man just to get in there and lift some weights. Nice. And uh, everyone else around me lifts a whole lot more than I do, but it's fun. It's fun to try. Right. So. We on last week's episode we had Clint Presley on the show, and uh, you two are are in some sort of even though you don't live near each other, you two are in some sort of lifting competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was Clint's idea. I mean, Clint's got to have a competition. So, uh, sure, we are, sure. we're in there together or not together, but, uh, he sends me videos of him lifting weights and, and I send him videos of my friends lifting weights, you know, so, cause, <laughs> cause, but, uh, but it's awesome. It's, it's great fun, great accountability. We're just kind of yeah, pushing yeah. each other and trying to see what we can do. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that Clint, Clint has said this, but I know he feels that you are the, the greatest competition he's ever had in his life. You're just, you're so much stronger <laughs> than him. And, uh, I just can't wait for him to listen to this episode and get yes, uh, his, yeah. his reaction to this. His reaction will be great for sure. All right. And we don't want, we don't ever want to embarrass our um, guests on the show, but Sam, no, how much do yourself. you deadlift? Um, what, what do I deadlift? Yeah. I mean, oh. we don't want to embarrass John Mark. Uh, just, so, oh, okay. Oh, you just well, uh, you know, I, I'm more of a runner. I lift once a week because I have to, mm-hmm. uh, but I run, I swim. That's more my, that's more my jam. Yeah. When you live in Florida, you've got to constantly run from gators or iguanas or snakes or Well, you know, you've got a Florida thing. Man. You've got a thing for the the gators. They kind of scare you. And then yeah, the they iguanas, do. that's that's um that's more in the Miami area. But I love the iguanas. They're they're everywhere, you know, and then they're mm-hmm. they're you know, giant these giant lizards that are out there on the beach and what have you. And no, sir. Um, a lot of people know don't that. know that. They get down there and they see these I things don't everywhere. That that's why I stay so, in, in the gym. They chicken are, in the tree is that what you call it uh chicken yeah chicken in the t- in, in the tree yeah um yeah you can eat those things you uh, can absolutely you can i don't know that uh i would go to a reputable place before they um you know there's no reputable get- place that serves iguana <laughs> that's just not true <laughs> so let's talk a little bit our topic today is engaging in worship and as so none of us are worship ministers um so we're not the ones with the guitars and the skinny jeans as the stereotype goes uh but but I do believe that the lead minister lead pastor has some ability to help engage in the worship I also hear well, what how what would y'all's response be to this that um a good worship set helps with the preaching do you guys agree disagree what do you oh yeah 
Yeah, I used to lead from a karaoke machine. Oh, gosh. At my first church. We had six people, and I was the worship leader and the preacher. So, I can absolutely speak to the fact that a bad worship set will bring you down (laughs) (laughs) because I've done it myself. I've led songs and been like, that was terrible, and then I got to get up and preach and follow myself. What about you, John Mark? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, you know, my thing is that people ask all the time, do you want them like, do you want the music up or you want it down? Like, what, mm-hmm. do, you, what do you want it when you go to preach? I'm like, man, I just want them worshiping because it's so amazing yeah. just yeah. when people's hearts are set to worship, not set to, you know, uh, man, anything else. It just mm-hmm. helps you get right in the word and not have to feel like you got to, you know, warm them up a bit, so to speak, you know. Yeah. What's your, what's y'all's horror stories with the worship set before you preach? Y'all got any of those? Yeah, I do. Um, I preached a sermon called Sex once, and okay. um, <laughs> which was horrific enough. Right. Uh, it was. It was in a series. It was. It was intentional. We're talking about sexuality, biblical views of sexuality, all of that stuff. And let's just say um, that the song that led to it was um, a mistake. Um, and I'll just, I'll just leave it. At now it you was- know you got to tell me what the song is. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, no, it was, it was some song, it was a, a, an older song, it was something like, be careful little eyes what you see, Oh no. be careful little ears what you hear, That's and, hilarious. and it just, um, it was, it was pretty traumatic actually. Um, wow. You know, it's bad when you're preaching a sermon on sex and you walk up to preach and you're like already giggling. That's right. That's, that's not, that's not what we're aiming for. What about you, John Mark? Yeah, I, I can remember I was actually doing a widow widower banquet. We, I don't know if you guys do those. We do those mm-hmm. at Christmas time and, you know, you're just loving people. Well, the worship pastor gets up right before I'm supposed to kind of give the message, so to speak, and he sings that uh, it'll be a blue Christmas without you. You know, Elvis, oh, Pre- no. I'm like, yeah. bro, we're at a widow widower banquet. I don't yeah. I don't know if that's okay. So, yeah. uh, that was a moment that I'm like, ah, oh, no, uh, that, the air is out of the room right now. Yeah, they're, they're all crying. That's, <laughs> all, that's almost mean. Uh, that reminds me, it's not necessarily worship, but uh, we had a, a widow's banquet. There were no widowers in this one, so I can just call this one a widow's. And it was in a gym. And our student minister, I've told you all this story before, but I'll say it again. Our student minister booked the talent and it was a local kid who just sounded great. And uh, he got up there and started doing George Strait songs. And one of them was that uh, they call me the fireman going around town, putting fires out. It's about, a, <laughs> it's just not appropriate. And um, I mean, most of George's songs are fine, but that one was not appropriate. Our only saving grace was the fact that it was a much smaller church. We did this in the gym and the acoustics were horrible. You couldn't understand a word he was saying. I knew the song and those ladies just thought he was doing some old hymns. Um, but goodness <laughs> gracious, I, I went in the kitchen and just sat in there until it was over because it was it was so embarrassing. So, but good sets, good sets set you up, right? So, Maybe. I want to ask John, I want to ask John Mark this. Do it. Um, my belief, and, and feel free to disagree with me if you like, because, you know, Josh does all the time. Um, but my belief is that the church will only worship to the level of the pastor, the lead hmm. pastor. Meaning, I try to sit up front and I try to be demonstrative. I try to, if my worship pastor, Jordan, says, hey, raise your hands or raise my hands. If he says, all right, let's let's come forward, let's pray. I try to lead that effort, not because I'm trying to manipulate anybody, but because I'm trying to follow the lead of my worship pastor. So, I'm curious your take on that, the, this concept oh, that the church will yeah. only worship to the level of the lead pastor. 
Oh, man, I, I would completely agree with you. You know, it, I was thinking about a story about um, when I first came here to Concord. And, you know, I come from a, a church in North Carolina. and It had a great worship culture. But, but you know, here at Concord, man, it's a really massive choir and orchestra and, and um, you know, praise team out front. Like, it, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot coming at you. And, like, the first few weeks, you know, you're trying to get settled in. You, you got so many things as a new pastor in your mind. And a worship pastor came to me one, one week and was like, Hey, Jamar, can we talk for a second? Like, are you mad on Sundays? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? And he's like, bro, like when you're there on the front row, like we're thankful you're there, but like your face, like you look like you're angry and like, wasn't mad at all, but I was so overwhelmed with everything happening in and around me, um, that, that, man, I wasn't leading in worship and, and mm. worship pastor was right. He's like, bro, like you can help us a lot, man, if you'll just jump in with us. And so we actually yeah. changed some things before I walk in worship center so that I can be, have my heart ready to worship as the pastor before I walked in there. Like I was visiting with a guy the other day that's doing deacon meetings before Sunday morning church. I'm like, bro, no. how, do, how do you worship like that? Be you doing know? that. Yeah. You know, but, but so I've had, just like you're saying, like I've had to really um, make sure my heart is ready to worship. But isn't that exactly what we're asking the people to do? It's almost as if I felt right. like I was exempt from what we were asking the people to do. But, um, but it's really been something that has, I think, revolutionized just the expressiveness of worship as I've been able to lead out uh, in that and say, man, we're, we're going to go for it. It's almost as if some people are needing permission to worship. Mm -hmm. They see the pastor really worshiping. They're more free to, to go and, man, give God their best. So, um, Yeah, and that's what I would so say. Anyway. Is really the key there. It's it's a um, it's a leading out. It's an engagement. They'll only engage as much as you engage or to that level. And you're letting them know this is fine. Yeah. This is okay. You can lift your hands. You can sing those sort of things. And you just you'll notice m many more people will engage in that. And yeah. it just one and the other feeds off of each other, which I think is is just fantastic. And of course, I can hear our Theo Bros right now. Um, firing up the Twitter, yelling at us because we're only calling music worship and sure. all of your life is worship. All of your work is worship. We well, know. but we're, we're specifically talking about congregational singing in this episode. Um, worship is all encompassing, of course, but, mm -hmm. you know, in the actual worship experience, Sunday morning, Saturday night, whenever you have it, um, the congregational singing is an, an important piece. Uh, and I will add that I do believe it needs to be congregational singing. I think, you know, that particular, um, I think we've um, messed up a little bit as a church when, and I say church universal, when we're not encouraging people to sing and just consume. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, that's not a style thing. I mean, whatever style you have, I do believe that we need to lean into congregational singing. And I think that pastors can lead out in that way and show the congregation, this is what congregational singing looks like. Hmm. Yeah. I was actually in a Baptist history class where they were talking about the controversy of whether or not congregational singing was allowed and whether or not it was sinful and music could be involved into the um, worship services. And, you know, of course, the singing side won out, it seems. But so what do you look for in uh, I guess this would be helpful, like for our listeners and such. When you're looking, there's a lot of people that are hiring worship ministers and those sort of things. What are some of those non-tangibles you look for? Because you're going to hand off this portion of the service too, which is in a lot of cases, half the service. So, what are you looking for in those non-tangibles? Because are either of you are you like musicians? No. No. Not at so, all. Not and a lot of pastors aren't. It's like, man, I can barely clap on beat. So, <laughs> what do you look for, John Mark? 
uh, I think it's engagement. Leader. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people that have a great voice. I mean, I'm, I'm not one of those. Uh, right. But, you know, a lot of people can sing, but it's how, how do you engage? I mean, I mean, my job as the, the pastor and when I'm preaching, like I'm trying to get them to engage in the word and allow the word to shape their life. But the same thing, we're trying to sing truth. And I was and I was thinking about that, you know, and, and like it doesn't matter the style like we were just saying. I mean, it's that we've got to teach our people, you know, articulating and singing and, you know, worshiping the Lord is all about declaring truth about who he is and all that he's done, giving him glory. And so that's my I think. When I'm really looking for a worship leader, we just we just brought our worship leader on. He was actually already on our staff team, but um, right before the pandemic, literally the last week before the pandemic, you know, we mm. were wrapping all that up. But um, I mean, he he was able to engage the people and lead them in worship, and he does it through scripture. Um, he does it through man, really giving us space in the service to um, not just you know sing, 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 sing. I mean, he, he allows the word to kind of shape what we're doing. And that really brings the people along and, and helps them engage in it. So I, I think for me, it's can this person engage with us, not not run ahead of us, but but bring us along so we can worship the Lord together. Uh, Sam, yeah. go ahead. Well, I was say? just going to say some of the questions that I ask are doctrinal alignment. Um, if I'm looking for a worship pastor, do, mm-hmm. do we, you know, I don't want to hear them because sometimes worship pastors get up there and they talk a little bit and, you know, makes you a little nervous. Um, you know, what are they going to say? And, um, you know, are they doctrinally aligned with me um, mm-hmm. and the church? Uh, can I get along with this person? Because we got to be hand in glove. When there's tension between worship pastor and lead pastor, everybody feels that because you're both on the stage every Sunday. So, can I actually get along with this person, even if we're coming at things from different angles? Will this person challenge me um, and stretch me? Uh, can I submit to them? In worship. So when they like my worship pastor, Jordan, when he says, raise your hands, I don't have a problem raising my hands mm-hmm. when he says, hey, come and pray down at the front. I go and pray because yeah. I don't mind submitting to him because he's such a nice guy in. Wor- well, you know, we could talk a lot about Jordan. There's plenty of things that I could share, but um, <laughs> that's, <laughs> not, <laughs> that's all. He's been on the show before a he long, has. long time ago. Long he was early ago. in this show. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, th- those are the, some of the things I'm looking for. Those are some of the intangibles, more than just competency and can they play an instrument and are they, they have a good voice and all that stuff. Totally. It's not the singing part that I'm looking for. It's the in-between that I'm really kind of paying attention when I'm hiring a worship guy. I uh, I got a couple other questions that, and these are, you know, I'll, I'll just be honest. I'm asking these myself. How involved do you guys get in the actual selection of songs? Because I, and, and I'll be real transparent here. And I know our worship minister listens to every episode of EST. And so I know he's going to listen to this. And, but I've also told him, I'm just not wired musically. So I could, I believe I could go to a church that had no music. I, I could just, you go and you hear preaching and you shake hands and you, you know, hug each other and you leave. Um, I could do that, but I value it and what it brings to the table and what people, um, so, I'm just not wired to think that. How how involved are you guys in the actual selection of songs, if at all? Highly limited for me. Okay. Every now and then I'll have yeah, some input. That's probably where I am too. Like, but very limited. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, I I I try to tell the worship team, not just the worship pastor, like don't do a song because I told you to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't do a song because it's my favorite. But of course, if I say yeah, I really like this song, usually it ends up being somewhere in a worship set. Um, but I, I tend to be less involved in the, the question is song selection. Now, sure. the direction and feel and movement in the service, I do have a hand in that. The whole team does. Mm-hmm. But 
Man, what work? I mean, let's just be real. What worship pastor wants to lead pastor sitting over, you know, picking out songs for mm-hmm. him? Like, mm-hmm. if if you have to do that for a worship pastor, you, you're I, in my mind, like, you, and, unless yeah. it's a very part time worship pastor and they're wanting you to do that, there's what what you know, you're you're out of your lane, lead pastor. You're completely out of your lane. Let your worship pastor handle that. So you, John Mark, you said you're limited as well. What what parts do you play in that role? So you know, I mean, I'm I'm involved in at the beginning of a sermon series when we're crafting whatever that kind of how we're going to drive that theme. And then I'm involved in like what I call the song book. Like, you know, I, I um, we, we kind of talk through seasons of, Hey, here's the, the song book that we're going to be kind of singing from. And we mm-hmm. try to keep that about, you know, 35 songs ish, you know, that we're kind of working through. It's probably more like nine months, you know, we say we're going to try and sing it for a year. And, but by nine months in, we're kind of tired of some of the songs. So, you know, like kind of just, so Looks I get involved like- in that section, but I'm not involved, just like you saying, like on a week to day, week to week basis. I mean, I'm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I really wanted something to be sung soon, I'm sure I could mention it, but I don't know that sure. it's ever actually happened. No, there's a couple times I've, I'll hear something on the radio or through Spotify, you know, and I'll share it out. I mean, I love this song. A couple of weeks later, uh, we sing it, you know, at the church. One of them was, uh, if you haven't heard the song, "Lay It All Down," uh, go look that. Up. It's just such a fun song, and I had it blaring. Um, in my car for a couple of weeks. And so I mentioned it and not long after that, our choir sang it, our, our whole praise team sang it. And man, it was good. It's still good. I love <laughs> hearing that song, but lay it yeah, see, my, my problem with music is I have such, such obscure taste that sure. if I started recommending songs, mm-hmm. no one would like them. And that's what my worship pastor protects me from is like, yeah. I, I don't need to be the one selecting the actual songs. Yeah, because so. you're like a big Nilly Vanilli guy, aren't you? That's like your jam. <laughs> yeah, you know, I had the, I had the season with the dreadlocks um, <laughs> and uh, whatever they had, had uh, braids. I, I don't even remember. Um, and for, for those you're of our listeners. You're not allowed to do that anymore. For those of our listeners who are younger than, you know, 40 and they're saying Millie Vanilli, you can look that up. Um, no, I've, I've had certain phases of, of, of musical preference styles myself mm. and we'll just leave that for another time, another discussion. Well, um, speaking of preferences, our worship minister knew that we were doing a sermon that was going to be primarily on alcohol the other day. And he said that the invitation song was going to be Friends in Low Places. <laughs> and I was totally cool with it. It's fine by me, you know, but we ended up doing something spiritual. Um, so, what about, okay, uh, not picking the songs, but outlawing the songs. This is a this is sort of a raging debate. I guess it's quieted down quite a bit um, when we had to deal with mask. But before that, everybody was fighting about certain, <laughs> I guess, pro- producers of songs. So, you've got your Bethel music, you've got Hillsong, those sort of things. John Mark, do you outlaw any music? And that's fine. I don't, I mean, I don't outlaw a producer. I mean, we. Okay. Um, I, w- I would say that one of the things I do appreciate about our worship pastors, like he- he'll come to me and say, hey, man, let's do a theology check on this one. Like I'm thinking about really wanting to include it, but. I'd love for you to list it. Let me know what you think. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a great relationship that's formed over just the theology of songs. And I think that's important. And that's probably a role for the pastor to play. Um, so, we, we haven't outlawed a producer of songs in our church. But, you know, we kind of got that. We just called the broccoli list. You know what I'm saying? Just the list of things like, you know, that's probably not for us. And it might be 10 different reasons why it's not for us. The, the broccoli know. list? Yeah. That's a, who likes, that's a funny who, like, who likes broccoli? I mean, you know. I like broccoli. Okay. Well, <laughs> glad you have a great can, taste for broccoli. You can have his list of songs. <laughs> you can have my songs then. That's right. <laughs> so, you can pick the, the asparagus, whatever you want to pick. Uh, yeah. but uh, I like asparagus too. Okay, uh, great. Oh, any other any others that you want to talk about? 
feel like we're at a moment Sean, here that you need Sean to share. About to hit you. <laughs> I like my veggies. I like my veggies. Yeah. All right. Great. Man, that's so uh, exciting. What about, um, okay, I, I can't. Can I leave. speak to this? Can I answer this question? Well, hold on. I've got a question for you. Well, both oh, of you. Oh, great. We, we've made it all the way through this episode so far, and I haven't asked you guys are you team unsuspected kissed or are you team sloppy wet kiss which one are you which one are you is it is it unexpected kiss or sloppy wet kiss I, here's it's dated at this point who cares we don't do it because hey it's too i care because it's it's a it's it's a, it's a serious matter sam are you unsuspecting or are you sloppy wet i thought it was unforeseen yes that <laughs> which one which one i've you? never I, I will admit i i don't think i've ever been in a worship service where i sang the word sloppy wet kiss so so, you're unforeseen. Well, I don't really have a preference personally. Well, I mean, you have a very strong opinion on broccoli and you don't have an opinion on a David Crowder song. This is, this is, this is, this is uh, infathomable. All right. Well, I'm going to let John Mark answer that and then yeah. I've got something I want to say. <laughs> I was a student pastor when that song became so Me popular. Too. Yeah. And, and man, like I was, I can't remember what conference I was at the first time it came and you know, someone played it and we heard it as the church and I was like, yeah, that's probably not going to go well with those volunteers. You know, like, you yeah, know exactly. Uh-huh. So, I was like, yeah. So in Texas excited. too, right? Yeah, right. You were in Texas. And I so was in Texas David, and in North Carolina too. Yeah. Right. And David Crowder, um, I mean, it, yeah. it was a big, I was a youth minister in Texas with, you know, the whole Crowder craze oh, yeah. and uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely unforeseen. I, I'm unforeseen too, just because yeah. of that moment. Like it scarred me. I was it's like, I'm sorry. Disgusting. I'm sorry. Uh, that's disgusting. All right, Sam. What's your what's so, your take? Here's my take. Mm-hmm. Every song stands on its own. Yeah. Okay. So we don't outlaw a particular group that's producing songs, and I think that that's a mistake. Okay. Uh, because you know, there's always going to be people who um, have parts of their life that you agree or disagree with um and you know it's it's uh, i've got somebody ringing my doorbell on my office sorry um so you always have you always have somebody that you're going to do because <laughs> i do have a doorbell in my office um <laughs> anyway i had this wonderful point that i was going to make yeah the um, song stands on its own so you the don't want sta- the song stands on its own baby don't worry one. about who produced it at least to, yeah. to i mean obviously there's some people that are if they're really, really shady, you probably don't need to be singing their stuff. But outside of that, uh, let that song stand on its own. I mean, if we want to get back into a theological debate, you know, if you're going to outlaw Bethel but love Jonathan Edwards, you're missing the point, mm. right? If you're gonna if you're gonna outlaw Hillsong but love George Whitfield, you're missing the point mm. because those guys held slaves. So if you're going to apply that principle, then you might as well just outlaw all their theology. So yeah. you can't outlaw the producer. Okay. Um, you have to ask the question, this stands on its own. Is this good for us? Is this one song good for us? So, the argument usually goes that like, well, what if somebody listens to the song and then they're like, well, I like this song. I'm going to go listen to more Bethel stuff. And then they go down like the Bethel pit. Uh, like, do y'all, John Mark, do you see validity to that argument or at all? Um, I mean, yes and no. I mean, sure, there's there's the day, but isn't there a danger in that? And, and always, I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we really, if we want to claim we believe, theologically speaking, I mean, that in priesthood of believer, like, they can walk with the Lord and hear from the Holy Spirit and right. apply that, you know, in their life. I mean, so, I don't I don't know that I wrestle with that. I mainly wrestle through, Sam, like you're saying, every song that we lead off the platform at church, I want to make certain that it is 
theologically in the lane that we want to be in. Mm. And so, man, you know, I mean, goodness gracious, by the questions I'm getting in between services right now, there are a lot of people reading a lot of things online right now that, that, that yeah. I'm not comfortable with. So, yeah, I'd rather in every read area, <laughs> yeah. yeah, in every area, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to handle this. Uh, how many times have I told church members, get off of YouTube? Exactly. Just, you're, you don't need to be watching YouTube. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. I think you just have to be consistent with it. If you're going to, if you're going to argue that sort of thing and then you're quoting Tim Keller, are you worried that they're, I mean, and I know some of our listeners are Presby's and we love you, but you know, if you're not a Presby, are you worried that they're going to go off and be Presby? Or if you're quoting Spurgeon, are you worried that they're going to go off and be a Baptist? You're not. Right. I mean, so it doesn't mean. And that's, that's a great point. You know, I, I would love for my people to listen to Tim Keller. I am not worried about the fact that he and I have different views of baptism. Right. I think he's an excellent person to be listening to, period. Sure. And I, they're mature and most of them are mature enough to handle the doctrinal differences. Mm-hmm. I would say the same for songs. Now, question. Do you change the lyrics? Do you ever, if you're like, this song is great except for this one word, like Sloppy White Kiss, but that's a, yeah. you know, that's an old example. But sure. there, there may be other songs, even old hymns that you go, ooh, I'm going to tweak this one word. Are you in favor of doing that or not? I, that's, ooh, that's I stumped a, you. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough question. I mean, mm-hmm. I can tell you that I have not done that. There's been a couple of times I'm like, should I do that? But I haven't actually acted upon it. And for better or for worse, some of my logic in that is like, well, um, I'm I'm interested to see if there'd ever be a question about it. Like, I'm kind of waiting to see if our church begins to ask question about that line to even know if I should address that line because there's some sometimes like, man, do we make a big deal about things that that I'm like, maybe I'm splitting hairs here. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. wonder, I wonder if it's actually helpful. I mean, it's not a new controversy and it's not, I mean, I remember there was a movement to try to change hymns to be more modern. Um, at some point, wretch uh, got sw- switched out with worm, saved a wretch like me, got switched out with worm or maybe worm got switched out with wretch. I know at one point there was even trying to take blood out of, um, certain songs because it was offensive and some, I don't know who it's offensive to, but you know, it was offensive to somebody. And so, but I, I still don't know how they did, uh, you know, 16 powers in the blood. If they took out blood, that would have been, that's just, <laughs> that's almost impossible. So, and, um, and there again, if you're over 40, you, you know what I'm talking about. And if you've ever gone to a Sunday night hymn sing, you know, all the, uh, so the, um, I think, I, I think I would though. I think it's art. I think it's okay. I think it's fine if there's a if I like everything, but there's just that one hiccup. I guess where I'm standing is for our worship team. I I say go for it. Like if if it's just that one thing that bothers, change that one thing. Yeah. And then I think to your point, John Mark, I think the ones who are listening on the radio and then they get to that point, they're like, wait, they changed that. That's not the way it's on the radio. I think that that stirs up a good positive inquiry into. Sure. Why did we change that? And then you can be like, well, I mean, theologically, we just don't believe that God was a ghost. So, we say spirit, you know, um, something. Yeah. And and that's where I'm at. If it's, if it's minor, um, if it's, uh, if it doesn't change the art too much, uh, if it's done on a limited basis, then then I'm okay with it. And if if it's literally like, man, just this one word, it's too confusing for our people. This is going to be good for our people. If we just tweak this one word before we teach it to them, I may even say that it's a good teaching moment. Mm -hmm. Um, So, if you're like, hey, if you listen to this on the radio, you're going to hear this one word on the radio. This is why we've changed this word. Um, We want to be fair to the artist. Um, We want to be fair to the art. 
Uh, but we do have a slight doctrinal difference here. And, and I don't know that that's how you would say it in a worship service, but you sure. explain it and use it as a teaching moment. And then it's like, hey, we've got this great song that everyone loves. And this one word was a problem. So we, we tweaked it a little bit. I don't have a problem with that so long as uh, you're explaining it. You understand why you're doing it's strategic and you're being fair to the art that, that sometimes when you change things up, you, you know, you make the art something completely different. And that's where right. I would have an issue. Mm. And I don't think that's fair to the artist. Uh, but I think there are times when you can do that. And there's plenty of songs that have alternate lyrics. Yeah. Um, we, we actually did uh, It Is Well With My Soul. And there's actually some alternate lyrics to that that we did mm-hmm. uh, recently. And they're beautiful. They're sure. not as well known, but we have done that at times. So, I think it's okay on a limited basis and when done strategically. Absolutely. Great, great topic and really fascinating. And I know it's not something that like, we're again, we're not musicians, we're not worship ministers, but it is something we deal with quite a bit. I know our listeners are dealing with it. And so, I would love to hear your questions and throw them out on what it is that you're dealing with in your local churches on the topic of worship ministry. John Mark is on Twitter. You can connect with him there. His handle is J.M. Harrison. What other ways can they connect with you, if any other ways, John Mark? Yeah, I mean, we're on, or I'm on Instagram and Facebook. We just started a new podcast, Josh, interestingly enough. We're just talking Plug about leadership. That. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's called it's called The Stretch, and uh, just trying to stretch ourselves in leadership. Uh, and and we're, it's been fun because we're allowing um, some folks that probably oftentimes aren't able to communicate, whether it's businesses, mission folks that are really living out their mission, uh, the oh. gospel mission in their business. We've had some great uh, conversations like that. Uh, just from, I mean, all the way across the board from folks really leveraging their lives that I think are inspiring stories about, hey, man, here's how I became a leader. And so hopefully it'll inspire us. Wow. That's that's fantastic. It's called The Stretch. Is it on iTunes or where can they get that? Yeah. iTunes, Spotify, all the places that you get your podcast. It's uh, it's it's all there. So we just started, man. It's brand new. I'm learning from you guys today sitting here watching all nice. this going on. Nice. Yeah. Um, Well, this is definitely what not to do. So, um, (laughs) learn that way. And make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to The Stretch on iTunes or wherever you pick up your podcast. Listen to John Mark and connect with him on Twitter. And as always, we appreciate you listening to EST. Make sure that you listen to us wherever you find your podcast and even on your smart speakers. You can tell Alexa to listen to EST and I'm sure she'll come up with something. So thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next week. Hi there, Tom Rayner here. I realize it might seem we're nowhere near the holiday season, but it will soon be upon us before you know it. And our friends over at Church Initiative want us to remember that the Thanksgiving and Christmas season is a time of year that can be really tough for people who's lost a loved one or who have been divorced. So listen to some of the things grieving and divorced people say on their Grief Share and Divorce Care Facebook pages during the holiday season. People like Jean and Susan are hurting. They're looking for help. And you can provide it through your church, through Divorce Care and Grief Share, surviving the holiday events. Visit churchinitiative.org forward slash holidays to learn how your church can offer one or both of these impactful programs this holiday season. And you can get the information in the show notes as well. You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening.